What our job is to do is not dictate to them what they need to do, but give them the freedom to access their own wisdom. That's Christine Calamani, and she's talking about people who struggle making decisions. Maybe that's you. We're going to share her uh, conversation with Father Christopher Metropolis on today's edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today as we start a new year. So glad you've uh, tuned in, so to speak. We're on the web, if you're not on the website already, for the Orthodox Christian Network at myocn.net. We can also be found all over social media, and we hope you'll share the fact that we're here and available with your friends and encourage them to join us on the web and explore all of the ways you can plug into the Orthodox Christian Network and benefit from the resources. That's myocn.net. Our host is the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology, located in Brookline, Massachusetts. And here's Father Chris with our guest. Christine Kalimani is a licensed mental health counselor who helps individuals struggling with issues interfering with their ability to function and to feel their best. She earned her master's degree in mental health counseling at the University of Miami in Florida. She also spent time studying the definition of personhood at the University of Oxford, England, and trained at Loyola University Sexual Dysfunction Clinic in Maywood, Illinois. Christine completed part one and two of the EMDR training, and through the EMDR International Association and her clinical practice, focuses on helping clients find relief from big and little t traumas, and of course, everyday problems of living. Welcome to the program, Christine. Thank you, it's good to be back. We're talking to a professional in the field, and yet we're going to be mixing a little bit of faith here as well. So talk to us first off the bat about what is trauma, and do people suffering from trauma know what's happening to them at that time? Well, yes and no. Sometimes there's a direct cause and effect. Um, For example, maybe somebody was in a car accident, and it really frightened them, and now when they're in a car, they panic they shut down, they can't drive the car anymore, and they're not a very good passenger. Then they know they've been traumatized. But other times it's, um, it's more subtle than that. For example, um, maybe somebody grew up in a household that wasn't the most nurturing or wasn't the safest. And now, decades later, they'll say, oh, that was back then. I survived it. I turned out okay. Everything is fine. But what may have happened is a pattern of anxiety may have started when mom and dad left at 10 o'clock at night and left you home alone Hmm. that now you experience as a fear of being alone without even connecting it to the past. So sometimes we have these symptoms that don't make sense to us and we don't know where they, where they come from, whether it's an emotional symptom or an unexplained backache or neck ache that doctors can't explain. Oftentimes there's trauma hidden in there. Okay. And you've specialized in EMDR. Tell me what that means, because some people may not know what that means. Well, it stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Really what that means is it's reprocessing therapy. So we have have memories that happened long ago when we were young and we didn't have the full wisdom that we have in adulthood. Mm -hmm. Or we just have a memory that got stored in our brain incorrectly or that our brain doesn't know what to do with. If it happened long ago and it was without the wisdom we have of the present, 
then sometimes it informs the way we behave today. And it's really puzzling to people when this happens. I intended to do this, but I always do that. And that's not consistent with who I am. Mm-hmm. That can point towards trauma. Other people uh, are functioning well, but they have this recurrent nightmare. And a nightmare is often an indication of traumatic Uh, memories that your brain doesn't know what to do with, so it keeps bringing it up again and up again, hoping that you'll finish sorting it out. So EMDR works very well with nightmares, unexplained symptoms, and the ones that we know um, beyond the shadow of a doubt are caused by trauma. And then thus that connection with PTSD, right? Yes. Um, EMDR works well with PTSD, but also with anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and things that don't meet the full criteria for trauma. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a very broad spectrum therapy. So you're dealing with trauma, and a lot of people have different levels of trauma. I think we can agree to that, right? Absolutely. Okay. So can trauma that people go through, can, can it be healed? How do you help your clients sort of through that healing process? Well, trauma gets healed all the time. A lot of people work through it naturally within a few weeks or months after the trauma occurs. But if somebody has a history of recurrent traumas, then any new trauma can really put them over the threshold into PTSD. So the first thing that I would do is establish, is this trauma or is this something else, and help them gain some insight into what's going on with them. Then I would look at the symptoms that they have. And if Um, standard cognitive behavioral therapy does not seem to be taking care of their issues, it could be that a lot of these memories are stored physically. So talk isn't going to necessarily get it out of your body. You need more physical therapies. Um, So EMDR is an eight-stage protocol that I won't go into in too much detail today. We only have so much time, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to put your listeners to sleep. But essentially, when we start the EMDR protocol, we make sure somebody is prepared and ready to handle it because it does bring up some, um, some big emotions from the past, not just so we can talk about it, but so we can actually work through it so it isn't so troubling again. Some people dissociate. almost feel, It's a feeling that they're leaving their body um, when they remember the trauma. So I need to make sure that either that person can pull themselves back into the present or that they have the skills to do it before EMDR can begin. So once a client is grounded, we begin to look at the symptoms that are troubling them. We look at the present triggers, and we give them all kinds of coping for it. Because if it comes up in therapy, they're there because it's coming up in life, and they need to know how to function in life. Mm -hmm. And then when EMDR begins, we've looked at a list of symptoms or memories that are really troubling them. And frequently, it's not the trauma that is the problem. It's the way other people help them through the trauma or the way they experience the trauma. Okay. So I may, we may start with where they're feeling it in their body. We search for the first time they can remember feeling that way, and we begin the process of doing EMDR. It's a very simple procedure. Some people use a light bar. Other people just follow, just use their fingers, and the client follows the therapist's fingers left and right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it sounds like hypnosis, but it really isn't. They've done scans on people's brains and hypnosis lights up one side of their brain and EMDR lights up another side of their brain. You know, Um, I, I have to tell you, Christine, I speak to a lot of people uh, because of the position I had as executive director of OCN through interviews of over 25 years. And now as the president of Helena College, Holy Cross, I speak to people all the time about 
trauma and difficulties in their life situations. And I hope you can help me. I ask this question often of, of people who are professionals as you are. You know, years ago when people went through world wars, they went through um, famine, uh, they went through awful uh, degradations in their lives, they were able to pick themselves up and go on. But now it seems like we're suffering from all kinds of syndromes and problems. And Are we just less tough than we were then? Or has the world become more complex? What is it that you think causes people to have all of these issues today? Well, I think part of it was the level of support that people had back then. Hmm. They had a shared experience when they came home. And now we're so distracted that I think a lot of us aren't even exactly aware of what may be happening overseas or how it may be affecting people. That's part of it. But part of it is a lot of it went undetected. So people put on a brave face. I'm a soldier. I, I, can't, I can't be weak. If I talk about these things, then I'm maybe not being as brave as everyone expects me to be. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a little more realistic about that now. Okay. Not that we've gotten soft um, as chocolate, like my, my papu used to say, right? My papu used to say, the Americans have become soft like chocolates. That's what he always would say. And I say, papu, come on. That's that. No, when we grew up, we had this, we did this with this. And now look at your people. You have everything. And all you do is find problems. So I'm, I'm sharing it with you and see what you, know, what you would say as a professional. I think what I would say to Papu is, um, Papu, look at the people around you from that time period who were so isolated, you couldn't have a warm conversation with them. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to draw them out. Mm -hmm. And that's because they were in a chronic state of fight, flight, or or being frozen, Mm -hmm. where it was easier to just isolate from everybody than to try and socialize with everyone because all those symptoms came up. Okay. Enough from my sidebar. I just wanted to ask that question. Um, Well, I have an interesting story about that. Um, The priest I had growing up, who's deceased now, but in his 80s or 90s, spoke to all of us about when he left Cyprus to get his education. Hmm. And it was a really really big gift, a huge blessing that he was able to leave the island because he excelled and he was able to pursue his education. Hmm. But he remembers the boat leaving shore and seeing his father for what turned out to be the last time. Hmm. And his voice broke down and, and trailed off momentarily. Mm-hmm. He was experiencing trauma. He was reliving that moment as if it had just happened. And he, this man went on to have a very successful life. He wrote volumes of books. He influenced lots and lots of people. But mm-hmm. there was a part of him that was still aching from that experience. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, you have spoken about helping people make decisions from grounded and loving places. Uh, help us understand how they can achieve this? I mean, is it helpful for people who perhaps don't have trauma, but may not know how to make decisions in this way? It would be very helpful for people in that situation. When people get anxious about a decision that they need to make, they, they start to feel panicky, their heart races, their hands sweat, their amygdala and their brain gets triggered. And they may, if they're not careful, get into fight, this fight, flight, or frozen pattern that I discussed. And when that happens, we're not using our deeper intellectual skills and our spiritual skills. We're thinking about getting out of there or or being frozen so nobody will notice us. Hmm. I had one client come into my therapy suite to see me and we didn't do EMDR, we didn't do trauma therapy, but she had a very big decision to make. She had called me and said that she wanted to have an abortion and that other therapists would not see her because they did not believe in abortion. Well, therapy is not about me, it's about my client. So I had her come in, 
And I sure said my prayers before she came in. And I was afraid for her and I was afraid for me as the person who was maybe going to give her guidance. So I made sure I was very strongly grounded. And she came in and told me her situation. We very calmly laid it out in a flow chart, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered is this wasn't about her wanting to give up her baby. This was about her fear that the pregnancy was killing her. And it turned out she needed some very specialized medical treatment, which she got, and she found out that she was going to survive, and she had her baby. So it wasn't that she didn't know how to make the decision. She was so so frightened for her life that she was in fight or flight, and she couldn't stay calm enough to use her wisdom to make the right decision and to gather the information she needed. Hmm. I've heard this time and again, we're saved through humanity, not from humanity. She spoke to someone else about her issue. We addressed it together. We found solutions for her, and then she knew what to do. So she has this baby. And being able to make a decision from a grounded place often takes the help of another person. It can be a therapist. It might be um, a, a priest. It might be a friend. But I think some people are afraid of or discount how a therapist will actually trust them to make their own judgment and get them in a place where they can make their own decisions. Okay. And, and then finally, Christine, let me ask you one, one question. Um, what can you tell us about the definition of personhood and what that means to caregivers assisting in the process of healing? Because personhood is, is a real big issue within the Orthodox Church especially. What it means for a caregiver is that it's important for them to understand that they are a whole person created by God and that the person they're treating is a whole person created by God and that what our job is to do is not dictate to them what they need to do but give them the freedom to access their own wisdom. So we do that by being grounded and peaceful. St. Seraphim of Seraph did not say to the American Counseling Association, acquire inner silence and the world around you will find their salvation. He said that to you and me, to all of us. And when we can find our peace and our comfort with whatever a person brings to us, they feel acceptance and love and they can begin to trust their judgment to find their healing. And sometimes we need to nudge them along the way. I'm not saying we can never offer anything um, and that they need to find it all. Um, that's, that's a Freudian approach to therapy. But let's see what the client knows first and foremost. You've been listening to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network, and our host is Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology in Brookline, Massachusetts. His guest today was Christine Calamani, a mental health specialist who studied mental health counseling at the University of Miami in Florida and the definition of personhood at the University of Oxford, uh, the United Kingdom, and continued her education at Loyola Sexual Dysfunction Clinic in Maywood, Illinois. Currently, she is with the Counseling Center of Northwest Indiana, and you can find them online at uh, the Counseling Center of NWI.com. We'll have a link to that website on our site at myocn.net. That's myocn.net. This is a nonprofit outreach supported entirely by contributions from people just like yourself, individuals who benefit from the ministry and want to make sure that others can as well. We reach around the world on the internet at myocn.net and can be found 
all over social media. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back with another edition of Come Receive the Light in just a few days. In the meantime, remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way And I'm not afraid to follow I see the world your way And I'm not ashamed to say so I see the Jesus way And I'm walking in the light